Welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the playground brand we were forced to create in order to corral our founders' nonsensical ideas and general tomfoolery. From the founders of, but not generally endorsed by, Emmy Collective. From this podcast, you can expect off-the-cuff banter on feminism, funny business, and, well, not-so-funny business. Join us out of curiosity, stay for the hot takes and dad jokes. Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to Pretty Funny Business Podcast. I'm Sydney Mulligan. I'm Lauren Aquilino, and we are already laughing today. I just got in the podcast room five seconds ago, and I don't know what I came in no. on, but it was something about <laughs> neck beards, and I'm gagging over here, but I'm going to let them go for it. Um, today, we are welcoming, I'm going to go for it, Evan Kubitschek. How, how'd I do? You nailed it. Check. Nailed Kubitschek. it. Evan Kubitschek. Kubitschek. Okay, Kubitschek. so we kind of ignore uh, the S. We forget about it. Yeah, you know. There's a lot of letters. Yeah, it's if you adapt it from Czech, this is the best they could do. Oh, is it, it's like a ZH, so. isn't it? It's a Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, be careful because Lauren's going to start doing your family tree on Ancestry.com. I probably already know it if it's <laughs> Eastern European. Oh, yeah. Oh uh, okay, family. well, Evan... <laughs> Evan, we're so excited to have you here today. Um, I've known Evan for a very long time because Evan was part of the Raleigh Durham Marketo user group uh, 150 years ago when I lived in Raleigh and ran the user group. And uh, that's how we met. We stayed connected over the years. And now Evan is a consultant at Emmy and he's awesome. So we wanted to bring you here to get to know him today. And honestly, it's been a while, Evan, since you and I have just chatted. But in the 10 minutes while we were waiting for Lauren to figure out her internet situation, so much happened that I wish we had gotten home for recording. Uh, starting with, we are talking about Evan's uh, college degree, which is not something that I ever want to talk about at work because I think it's not worth talking about. But I noticed because I'd look at your LinkedIn today for a reason. And I noticed that you had a philosophy degree and we were talking about how it was probably the most useless degree of all time. And you were telling me about your graduation. So you should tell Lauren because she will think that's really funny. So uh, as you can imagine, philosophy is not really the most popular major at UNC and it attracts a certain type of individual who is interested in classical philosophy or stoicism or Epicureanism. (laughs) And they happen to be majority neckbeards. Um, and so I chose to skip my graduation ceremony because I'd had enough of the 13 folks that I studied with in almost every class. And I chose to go day drinking instead, which I think was the noble choice. I uh, did the opposite of that, which is I double majored and my two majors were in different colleges that were graduating on different days. So I made my entire family come watch me graduate twice. <laughs> our, uh, our ceremony also got rained out. Oh. And our, oh, our speaker outdoors. was an opera singer. And the year before they had Stephen Colbert. So I also <laughs> oh. feel like we got robbed in that, that so many ways. Sorry, T's and P's to the opera singer, but it's a tough act to follow Stephen Colbert. (laughs) I actually love learning. It's like one of my favorite things to do is learn about people's majors when they're in marketing operations. And Sydney's- That's what we were talking about. Yeah, Sydney's is so terrible. I know we've talked about it before because she's like, oh, I got a marketing degree and a computer science degree. Like, well, like what else could you have possibly done better? 
you know? Um, I just, I didn't know marketing operations existed. And then I found it and I was like, well, this is what I've been training for. What an excellent day. (laughs) But you know what? I've been like, I think the rest of us are just thinkers. Like I actually, I can't think of anyone else who has a philosophy degree, but there's a lot of English majors and a lot of of political science. And I'm a a poli-sci major. So like my theory is that people in the like liberal arts majors find their way into marketing if you're not going to go into academia or like, I don't know, be a curator at a museum. I was going to say, or like open a philosophy you like find store. your way into, yeah, yeah. Like then you find your way into marketing. And if you're in marketing and you're like, wow, this feels really soulless, then you find your way into marketing ops. And <laughs> is that not, is that not pretty accurate? And you're like, well, at least this is a challenge. <laughs> at least I can learn something yeah. here. So Evan, how did you I mean, get I from could... where you went to college to where you are now? Oh boy. Well, I, uh, I was very early to the internet, um, with a website called Expedition Evan, um, where I like in the age of like nomadic map travel blogs. Is this a Zanga? Was this a Zanga site? This was, this was like 2007 WordPress, like OG WordPress.com. Uh, and I built that site out and like was was living in Buenos Aires after college and was kind of just like running digital marketing all on my own. And uh, that's sort of how I got exposed to it and ended up running that site for years before shutting it down. But when I came back to the States, I joined a digital marketing agency, kind of became the guy that's like, oh, yeah, it's a new tool. Let's figure it out. Evan will figure it out. And I fell into marketing ops that way. And Lauren, to uh, you know, to our shared history in the the battlefields of LED lighting, um, <laughs> I was tasked with with rolling out Pardot across four business units at Cree, and that was like my first actual marketing automation platform, rather than like Exact Target or something. And they gave it to like a 23 year old to do by himself across four business units, which also tracks. At GE, we already had Marketo, at least, and there was an admin when I got there. But we shouldn't talk about this for too long or we're going to lose all of our listeners. But B2B lighting (laughs) is a very interesting audience and almost entirely impossible to track your purchases. So... Cool. It's a good place to start. Or even to make purchases in the uh, increase uh, case. So yeah, no, there's a reason our, you don't have the free brand anymore. We had well, there is GE Lighting, but it is this is public information. It's not actually GE anymore, right? Like a Chinese company purchased oh, really? GE Lighting and has oh. rights to the GE brand. Same for GE Appliances. It's not actually owned by GE. Um, really, I had no idea. Yeah. So some of those, I feel like I, I'm totally making this up. But some of them, like, they purchase these and then they have rights for, like, 50 years to the brand. You're like, wow, like, they could really mess that up. Um, but Cree was our biggest competitor, I feel like, at the time. It was, like, 2006, <laughs> wait, 2000, let's see, 2015? 2014, 2015, 2016 is when I was at G-Lighting. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you guys were mortal enemies. And now here we are today. Here we are. Funny, funny. We buried the hatchet. Buried the LEDs. I remember you. Well, I feel like okay. You... Wait, Evan. Go ahead. I. How many domains do you own? How oh. Uh, minimum of 
probably 15 to 20. My kind of tell us about them. Oh God. Well, okay. So as you can see, um, with my most recent little project, I've never found an alliterative phrase that I don't like expedition, (laughs) Evan revenue Ronin. So, um, you know, that's, that's clear, but, uh, oh man, I have, I have lots of various little, little projects for a while. Uh, I was blogging under munchkin miles cause I'm a points hacker and I was talking about traveling with my kids. Ooh, uh, cool. so, and then Evan, I read I'm going too to much Spain next year. What credit card should I sign up for now? Chase that Where fire. are you going in Spain? <laughs> Madrid. We'll talk. I'll help you out. Okay. okay we're going to need Great. a side episode about this. Just FYI. Yeah, I agree. I'm very interested. I'm going to Spain to see Taylor Swift because I'm so... What? I thought, you, yeah. I thought you already saw Taylor. Yes. Yes, Evan. I did already oh, see okay, Taylor. Sorry. And sorry. I, I am going to fly to Europe to see her again. Aren't you embarrassed? Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm I just wanted to make sure I was, I was being reason- reasonable. Um, okay, that's great. So f- 15 domains, you like alliteration and you like to just have little side side projects, side gigs, little side quests. I've always had I've always had little side quests in addition to, you know, the main story being pushed forward. I always like little experiments and things, which is probably part of the reason I like to tinker in marketing operations, honestly. Yeah, I love it. You know, I didn't know all of this detailed history about the Pardot thing and the lighting company and the like being the guy who figures it out. But I did have that vibe from you that you were the guy who would just figure it out. So I gave you this client recently that first of all is a lighting company. Surprise. <laughs> secondly, that was like by fate. Is, that was not even on purpose. That was fate. No. Yeah. And then secondly is a platform that none of us have ever used before. But I was like, you know what? I know Evan and Evan can figure it out. And now I have more confidence than ever. And I already I mean, had a lot of confidence. <laughs> it took it took one call for all of those Cree feelings to come right back. The, <laughs> are you going to quit? All of the memories of, of exactly how lighting companies are set up. Evan, don't leave us now. I'm not sure anyone else wants to learn Sugar Market. <laughs> don't say that. I took, I took a look. It can't be that bad. They've got, you know. Great. They think highly of themselves based on their website copy. So I think who doesn't, you know, who doesn't, how bad could it possibly be? I feel like that's, Uh, that should be on like a a tablet or something or written on the wall mm -hmm. for any person entering a mops office. How bad could it be? Uh, Well, Lauren found this trending uh, Instagram reels audio that's from, it's for the Lorax movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, how bad could it possibly be? Have you kids watched that movie? Um, I made my kids watch it because Taylor Swift does the voice of the girl in the movie, of course, but, uh, it's like how, how bad could possibly be? And then you did it about Pardot, right, Lauren? It's like you log in and it's like, ah, <laughs> like really bad. Uh, no, thank you. well, the reason is because, you know, I, the first client that I took on my own was Pardot, somebody, and I had never logged into Pardot, but it was somebody who trusted me and knew that I could figure it out. And they were like asking me like, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? And I was you know, freshly out of 11 years or whatever of Marketo experience. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll, 
figure it out. How bad could it be? Like, we totally can do that. that. Yeah. I'm sure they can do the same thing. It's just like a little bit of a different way to do that. Right. And by like, I quickly found out that like by a little bit of a different way meant like actually you need a full-time person to update every single form of the database, uh, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> so it's like, how bad could it be? Oh, it, uh, it's bad. pretty bad yeah. as it turns out. Pretty bad. <laughs> Not it could great. be objectively awful. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So you know what? If you're using uh, Pardot and you've only ever used Pardot, just stay there. Just stay there. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> Someone's got to use Pardot. Yeah. And it's not going to be anyone that's and used if, anything else. And if you don't know any better, then I'm sure you're happy and you're good. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Oh, man. All right. Well, Evan, so you you were at Cree Lighting. And then uh, how did you make your way into Marketo land? Uh. I made my way into Marketo at, funnily enough, a very old, uh, old school construction and engineering consulting firm called FMI. Um, and they had... Oh, that's where you worked when I met you. Yeah. So they had just gotten a new instance of Marketo and someone had spent a few weeks in it trying to roll it out and then had just abandoned ship and left the company. Um, and so it was kind of... I mean, the story of my career being like ever since Cree, I've just come in to fix dumpster fires. Uh, and that was my first uh, dumpster fire. But just coming in and having to learn the entire platform and stand everything up from scratch, uh, not even from zero, but being sort of incorrectly rolled out. So I had to learn it very, very quickly. And that is why yeah. I joined the Raleigh Durham user group. That <laughs> <laughs> brings us to where we are today. I uh, I feel like people have this impression that consulting is all like, yeah, I just want to get a new Marketo instance and implement it. Like, that sounds great. I'm like, you know what? That sounds great to me too. That is almost never the situation. <laughs> it is usually we uh, tried and we fucked it up. So can you come fix it now? Which is, <laughs> you know, it's different. It's a different situation. Yeah, it's it's much nicer to lay out the track in a way that makes sense rather than have yeah. the train running on the track and having to lay it at the same time. Absolutely. I just feel like there's so many people that buy Marketo and either it's like, you know, Marketo gives you whatever small amount of help to implement and they're like, this is going to be fine. I can figure out the rest. Uh, or they don't even do that and they're just like, no, I have this person who can do email marketing so they can figure out how to implement Marketo. And to a certain extent, you can. Like, you could follow the product docs and set up your SPF and DKIM and your landing page C name and make a form and whatever. Like, you can get somewhere, but it's not going to be, you're going to eventually realize, like, oh, there are a hundred things I should have done differently starting from day one. And now we have to go back and fix all of them. And that's when you call a consultant. The, the number of times I've wanted, my, my wife is an attorney. I would love to have her cross-examine the statements of AEs against what actually happens when marketers get their hands on these tools. Like what is yep. said to executives or like financial buyers in the meetings and then what actually yep. happens when the rubber meets the road. I would, yeah. I would, that would be like catnip if someone did a podcast where they were legally bound to actually explain their statements. I would love I Don't mean, perjure yourself. Think about what like the Marketo instance looks like when you first log in. There's nothing There's there. There's nothing. And they've told them all, like, yes, you can do lead scoring. You can have a life There's cycle. Nothing. You can have all these things, but it is completely empty. And it's as if you are opening a new browser tab, four new browser tabs with nothing in them. 
<laughs> I would be terrified to be like, well, just how do I, where do I, where do I put the list so that I can send this right here email here real quick in five minutes. You can reach out to Marketo Cares. <laughs> you can check the status updates of Ashburn. <laughs> Oh, crash burn. Oh, crash I made the joke before okay. we started recording that, well, Evan made the joke that my sound was having ash burn issues, crash burn issues, and then I said, yes, my entire life right now is uh, hanging on the ash burn server. I, I did need to restart my computer for the record. I was having sound issues. It needed to update my driver. So it wasn't actually me. It was my computer. But Ashburn, we'll just call it that. It was Ashburn. You know? Always blame yes. it on Ashburn. Yep. When in doubt. Ashburn. Ashburn's down. Mm-hmm. Ashburn has been having a tough week this week, man. Every day. Every day. New issue. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Evan. Well, uh, been great to hear a little bit more about your background. Um, it sounds like you've been poking around in a lot of different tools. We talked about Pardot, talked about Marketo. I know that you've been doing some HubSpot stuff. And now you're looking, learning sugar, sugar market, you know, why not? Why not all add another place. little special fun thing to the, to the pile of all of those systems and your many years doing all these different things. Do you have anything that you built that you were like particularly proud of, or just like the coolest thing you did at work? I think the, Probably the thing that I that I ran that I'm most proud of was at Simplify. It was a, a four thousand person virtual event called Sock Stock, and uh, so Sock like Security Operations Center. Um, Good because we are strictly anti. We are anti business socks. Anti, yeah, we we did not have any socks there. It was it was all security operations, and we had let's see, we had upwards of twenty speakers. We were running this entire thing out of our New York office. This was like at the time, I think like a fifty to seventy five person startup. I was the only marketing operations person, and I was running from room to room setting up the streams and introducing people and also troubleshooting the entire platform, swapping out the streaming links to our streaming partner, like from a spreadsheet. And so we, it actually like went off without a hitch, which to this day is probably my proudest moment in my career because by like all rules of the universe that should have failed miserably. Absolutely. And it like still to this day, like people talk about it. There was a second edition, like it was, it was a smashing success and it was like absolutely held together with duct tape and spit. (laughs) And, and like the ending of the story, like simplify got acquired for half a billion dollars from Google. Well, it's Google. So I take full credit for, you know, acquisition. And what did you do with your half a billion dollars? Uh, Unfortunately, I did not get 100% of the proceeds. Um, So here we are, I'm still consulting. But uh, it was a nice little check. Nice. You know, Evan, I think I said this before, uh, uh, here, maybe on this podcast here, this virtual podcast here. I if something says like webinar or virtual event, like I'm an immediate no. 
because something goes wrong to attend it or to host to it? host it something goes wrong 100 percent oh, of the yeah. time like yeah. literally except for your one time that you did this perfectly like you did it that was one in a million and for 999,999 uh of the events coming up they are all gonna go wrong you know the oh, like yeah. first first real job that i ever had was basically nothing but webinars no that was where Worst i got nightmare. marketo i'm sweating yeah, right it now it was like it wasn't just webinars. It was like webinars that we hosted on behalf of other companies who paid us a lot of money to host the webinars. So if it went badly, it was like really bad. Uh, and it was like a uh, continuing education credit thing. So it was also like all these people that attended were expecting to get these required credits for all their licensing stuff. So we really couldn't, <laughs> really couldn't mess it up. It was great. It was like Marketo and On24. It's the first time I'd seen either one of those things. And I really was in it all the time. It was, I I would guess I've probably run upwards of like 200 webinars in my career. Like yeah. from the, like having to do like the intro, like yep. having to write the intro, having to like interview the person, like, and run the op side. I have definitely learned how to tap dance around technical issues, like live on a webinar. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Lauren, your lack of faith in the event planning is it's giving not, me some concern. It's not for us. For <laughs> it's not well. Okay, in person events is more about like the stress of the um, just like last minuteness of everything because like you have to make sure yeah. the shipping gets there and that everything's set up on time and that you don't oversleep. I'm saying all of the things that like have ever gone wrong because I was how I did help like in my so in the start of my career um, I was like on the demand generation or campaign planning team and I did assist like the field marketers with all the events. So I went to a lot of trade shows, things like that. And that's just very stressful to like get everything together. But I feel like virtually and probably at the time when I was involved with more hosting those events, like just wasn't a great time for technology. Like go to meeting would just suddenly mm. be like, hey, um, we're going to be down from one to three today. And <laughs> and you're like, I- I'm hosting. A- uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And so we just like had to reschedule. Like it just was like, you know, incredibly stressful in that way, technology wise. So. Hopefully it's better now. With Sockstock, it was it was like right as Zoom was on the come up, like just Mm. pandemic, like rocket ship growth. And so it wasn't broadly known. So our speakers who were not, you know, not local were like, how do I set this up? Do I join? What's this link? Like I have to allow, you know, my mic and my camera to connect. What is Chrome? Who am I? I legit couldn't like, even get into this room because I had to update a driver on my, for my audio. Like, remember I back in the day yesterday. when people didn't know how to do virtual meetings? And now, even if you're in the office, you're pretty much just sitting on virtual meetings. Totally my favorite my... is the guy who showed up as a cat. Oh, <laughs> I was about yeah. to say the same thing. That is one of my fondest memories of the pandemic was that poor lawyer. <laughs> Tim, can you insert? Can you insert that clip here? Somebody replay it because I don't remember, but it was something like, "I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know how to be not a cat. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat." (laughs) 
Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take we're a trying look. To, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. That's not, I'm not a cat. And it was that was like that was like an official like court deposition. It was like something I think that was yeah. like serious. He had to make it clear he was not really a cat or he might perjure himself. I showed that to Nadia, who like works, you know, she's like argued before the state Supreme Court and stuff, and she almost died laughing. Like thinking about <laughs> like a state like a judge having to endure that. <laughs> like, it's one of her favorite, absolute favorite videos on the internet. Did you, Evan, did you and your wife watch um, Trey Duty? No. Is that a show? Oh, yes, dude, it's good. You have to watch that. It's so good. And this is so funny because in our last episode, we were talking about how I really don't take recommendations of television shows from people. So this is like going to be the biggest hypocrite thing ever. And I'm just going to tell you about it anyway. It's a show that is a reality show for one guy. Everyone else is a paid actor, except for one guy who is a normie who thinks he just call, got called for jury duty. But like, oh and they're doing God. a documentary, yeah, about how they're doing a documentary about the court system, and that's why all the cameras and whatever they're like interviewing him and stuff. <laughs> and they just see like what kinds of crazy shit they can do and how he will respond. But it's like incredibly wholesome. Uh, well, except for one, I will alert, alert. There is one episode near the end that is a little. Uh, bit vulgar if you're looking for something to like watch with your kids i would skip oh yeah i wouldn't one. watch with your, your kids are young they won't yeah. watch something like this but uh they it's wholesome in the sense that like this guy that they picked they had they didn't know anything about he's him an and like it really could have gone bad very quickly but he's just such a nice person that, like by the end of the show all the <laughs> actors felt really bad that they were lying to him because they really liked him and wanted to be friends with him and they are all friends now i follow all these people on instagram they just pal around they're good buddies Ronald's right. real, like, I'm gonna check it out. 10 minutes of fame. You should. Yeah. It's good. Especially yeah. the Amazon Prime free thing. Like, yeah. Free, I would free say, like, fee. because your your wife is in the legal system, like, she'll probably, like, she'll especially enjoy it. enjoy it. Yeah. We've, uh, we need kind of a palate cleanser after, like, White Lotus season two and, yeah. and Stranger oh. Things. Like, we've been on kind of a dark, a dark trajectory show recently. For this. So, yes. we need. That's a good palate cleanser. This is cleanser. a good palate cleanser. I show. also yeah. recommend like, for palate cleansers, of course, Ted Lasso. But also, yeah. also, it's um, little sister or little sibling. Um, shrinking was fantastic. Oh, shrinking was that. very good. Yeah, shrinking. I do was like very old good. Harrison Ford curmudgeon turn yes. he's taken in yeah. his late stage career. So yes. I haven't watched it yet, but but I love this little one. string of like wholesome shows. I feel like you know we needed that. Yeah, and it was they're really good backups for like Schitt's Creek. Like it's like a good, mm. you know nicety it's just like it's a universe you're happy to be participating yes. in yeah you feel so i have better. a dark secret i no, have never seen don't say it don't Creek. say it don't don't Ooh. nadia you know, nadia honestly, watched the I'm entire jealous. series before uh like before we were dating or like while we were dating i just didn't catch it and so i just missed, missed i missed the, the wave so I, I need, I, it is on my, it is on my hit list. I think there's time, but you're going to need to dedicate. It might be like a winter thing, like to get you through. Mm. I don't know how bad winter is in Raleigh. It's very bad in Cleveland. 
It's not very bad. Not, not particularly yes. bad. It's not really uh, summer's much really. worse. Summer's much yeah, worse. Okay, summer's so it's a summer bad. thing. So start now. Um, but my best advice it's is 150 like, degrees and you don't want to go outside. Yeah. Just stay inside and watch. But you got to power through like the first three episodes because at first you're like, what am I watching? And then you, mm-hmm. and then you get it. It's wonderful. Right. Three episodes plus noted. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Give it at least four to five, I would say. Uh, okay. Well, that was a fun television detour. Um, good to know that we all have a little bit of event trauma. <laughs> Speaking of events, as I guess it doesn't have to be just an attendee, but uh, any, you know, we always talk about Marketo Summit on here because anytime we ask someone for a good story about a conference or a work trip they've been on, everyone talks about like the same year at Marketo Summit. And it's um, interesting to hear the same story told from different perspective every time. Uh, so maybe it's that, or maybe it's something else, but do you have any good, harrowing, funny, uh, or wholesome conference or work so stories. so i do and uh i think i think my story is a little bit different because when i first went to my uh to the what was it i think it was 2018 was that when you had the giant banner of your face everywhere yes yes okay that was that was the only year that i that i went uh, that was my first oh. year that i went and I was not a champion, so uh, I was just like Joe Schmo on the floor, like, and I took the test there to get my MCE. So I like, did the live test there. Love it. And uh, I remember I met a gentleman who worked at, he was Argentinian, and he worked at like the first bank of California or like first, like something, something California bank, but he was out of their like Argentina team, I guess. And he was apparently made of money. Like we went all over town and I did not spend a dime. He was not a vendor. He was not a sponsor. It was like a great exchange. Great conference print. <laughs> and, and he, and for whatever reason, he thought I was the best company. Like it blew his mind because we connected. But you said you had spent so much in, time there, right? So you probably like yeah. knew the culture. I lived in Buenos him. Aires. Like I knew all the neighborhoods. Like I knew where like I knew where he lived. I was like, oh yeah, San Telmo. Like I was right down here. And I could like speak like I knew the Porteño slang. So he it was just like like it, it was like seeing Oh, you, you made know, him feel less homesick. And so he was so overjoyed. We went to like this fancy steakhouse. She's like, I know they have like Argentine steak here that they fly in and wine. I was like, yeah, sure. This sounds great. It's better than like, you know, whatever the conference food is that I would have gone to get for the vendor party. And then we went and sang, um, we went and sang um, uh, like Evita songs together for karaoke. Wait, why were you doing karaoke? Were you with me? I don't believe so, but I could very well have been um, because it was a very dark place uh, and I had been imbibing a lot of wine with my friend, Mateo. Argentinian. Um, That's a Malbec that night. Wait, where where were you doing karaoke? Okay, so we have this tradition, Courtney McCarr and I, although it's a strange tradition because we've only done it once, but then I kept up the tradition, but she couldn't make it, where there's this... (laughs) 
DJ that plays at this place in San Francisco. It typically he plays a saxophone during karaoke, but I think he was not there that night, but we still went anyway. And I, th- I know very little about San Francisco, but I think it was near like Chinatown or Asia town. In Cleveland, we only have Asia town because we group all of our Asian ethnicities into you know, one, because it's a smaller city, not because we're incredibly racist. I assume, anyway, I'm going to look this up, but we were at, we were at karaoke for hours and hours and hours and what a miss if it was a different one. It was, I don't remember, uh, you know, sexy sax man or anyone no, like waving on the sax. He was not there. Um, I, it was a big space, and when you were singing, it was like an elevated stage with like lights hitting it. Um, and it was fantastic wow. because uh, you know, Mateo was a much better singer than I was. I I'm tone deaf, but I have stage presence, so it was almost like a backup <laughs> dancer. Um, especially when like you know I wasn't raised on you know Evita, so it's not like I really knew the songs. And when you're, you know, reading the lyrics in Spanish to sing in Spanish, <laughs> you're probably not hitting Wait, all. You did. You did. Don't cry for me, Argentina in Spanish. Yes. Does Madonna sing that one too? From the movie. I don't know. Okay. I'll find it's out. Been... Don't worry. So, uh, so I was not involved in like any of the champion shenanigans, but there were lots of shenanigans happening in different pockets around Las Vegas. I loved it. Oh, this was the Vegas year. No, this is San Francisco. Or sorry, San Francisco. Sorry. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of another conference. Yeah. This is the one Sydney where like you weren't getting into too much trouble because you were actually at the train concert because you love trains. Oh yeah. Is it the train year? Was it train? Yes. In 2018? Train and who? Was and then a, and then there was a rapper the was next it night. Flow Rida? It was Flow Rida. Yeah. Flow Rida. With Flo like Rida the, with the silent disco, like right before Flow Rida, which I thought I had walked into a zombie convention. This was Flow Rida year because. Are they two different years? Yeah. 2018 was train. Or 2017 was train. Oh. 2018 was Flow Rida. And 2019 was. Um, the killers, but it was Adobe Summit. Yeah, Adobe takes it up a, little, a notch, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to that. Okay. I mean, I didn't go to the killers. Flow Rider was on his twelve-year anniversary tour, and then the next year after that, I saw the killers in Vegas. Nice. Did you go to Flow Rider with Mateo, or you guys went and said we did? Instead? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, it was uh, it was a very interesting show because i mean it's when i when i think flow ride i think like marketing operations professionals <laughs> like, being, uh, like the target audience the icp if you will of flow rider is like i would say you were not wrong it's like an eclipse i mean flow rider is peak um, like i was listening to that for sure you know i've always wondered like how how does this happen where a a band or a musician comes to perform at a conference. Like, how is that the career trajectory? How does, oh, we're talking I mean, like, you're like well past your peak 
And now we're just like, I still have to pay for this mansion in Beverly Hills. So I'm going to go perform at the Marketo Summit. Like, who are they probably are that are like, I know the people at Moscone and they're looking for someone to perform at this. I have to imagine there's like a cameo page of like (laughs) fans. Yeah, this feels like the equivalent of cameo. Like, how do you know? Remember when Rachel Rachel, Rachel Plan did it? And I thought like she was pretty, that was pretty like close to her. Yeah, but she was a speaker, she wasn't a performer. Oh, right. Maybe that's right. And then she just happened to do like two songs if or something. If you're speaking, then you're still at the top. And you're like trying to become a thought yeah. leader. That was like Will Smith. Aziz oh, right. Ansari was at Inbound. James Gordon. Rachel Platt was at whatever. James Gordon. Yeah. Those people are still good. Gotta, gotta, if gotta. you were performing the concert at a conference, but didn't, that's a bad yeah. sign. Didn't, didn't that's pretty grim. Salesforce has, <laughs> I'm making this up because I don't remember. Is it either like U2 or Coldplay or like something crazy not too long ago? Anyway. Coldplay sounds right, but I, I, you know, I think the point stands. Where's Coldplay on their success curve? But you know what? For something like Salesforce, it's like okay, hey, you actually get to play for a hundred thousand people. That might be different. Yeah, like Salesforce. There's probably I, uh... also like a ranking, right? Of like what conferences are good to play at or okay. I'm not gonna say any of them are good. I don't think it's a good look for your career as a band to be playing for a bunch of fucking nerds at a tech conference. <laughs> I think we can we can find this out because um, someone who joined us at Pendo for a bit previously organized Dreamforce. Like she ran Ooh. Dreamforce. So I could probably reach out to her and find out exactly like how do they source those. I would like to have her on the podcast. Those artists. She's really cool. Her name's Samantha. Yeah, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's seen some shit. <laughs> like, we just want to hear if some you juicy think stories. Of, like, Dreamforce, Dreamforce probably top tier of conference you can perform it. Yeah. And Adobe Summit is maybe somewhere in the upper middle. And right, so let's Summit, make some I would best guesses. Middle. Who's going to be at it? Was there who was there this year? There was no Adobe Summit this year. It was still virtual. Oh no, that's oh. not true. It was. No, we they just had... didn't go. I don't remember. Anyway, don't okay. Make your best prediction. Who is going to be the band at Adobe Summit, twenty twenty four? I don't even know at this point. Nickelback? <gasps> I'm not going. That's a solid guess. It That's is a solid really guess. I would guess. go see Nickelback. I'm going to I mean, say... it's, it's a free conf- it's a free concert. You know? Why why not go? I'm going to say like Kesha. I'll do I'll go to most anything if it's free. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't even find on the internet who the thing was this year. I'm sure if you give up your contact information, your job role, and your title, you can find out. <laughs> we gated this information. Um, okay, yeah, this is a good question. Who's gonna be who's gonna be up there? I mean, I would say it's like it's usually a pop star that was never really a star. Like Christina Perry. That's a good one. I don't actually know who that is. She played that song that was on the Twilight soundtrack and had a real moment in like 2014. A thousand years. A thousand years. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up now. Maybe like I thought Kesha Taylor was a Swift's good probably one. never gonna get there. Yeah, maybe Taylor will play um, Dreamforce in 20 years. 
I mean, yeah. Well, she's she's about to make a billion dollars on this current tour. I think she's okay not to do yeah, conferences. Yeah, I was gonna say she's just gonna be. She done, probably right? doesn't need to do the conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many yeah. people would actually sign up for Dream Force just to go to the Taylor Swift? Show? A bunch of people. I would. Who know nothing so about many Taylor I mean, if you're flying to Spain to see her again, a conference, yeah. like a conference ticket, yeah. That's I think nothing. You, yeah. <laughs> Especially Dreamforce. I mean, that might be that might be valuable. <laughs> Dreamforce, you heard it here. If you get Taylor Swift, I will definitely come. And a lot of other people would too. I'll let Sam know. Right. She can reach out to whoever's organizing it now, right. see if they can get, know. you know, get any collectors in there. If if Taylor Swift will perform at Dreamforce, Emmy Collective will be a diamond sponsor of the event. No, I'm not co-signing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, all right. Well, um, other than Mateo, your best friend. By the way, do you keep in touch with him? Yeah, this seems like a best friend forever kind of situation. Uh, I do not we, tell me he like died. I, Don't I'm tell still me connected to him. Um, I was actually going to meet up with him. Uh, because I was going to propose to Nadia in Argentina, but oh. that's when Zika kind of went nuts. Mm. And so we canceled it and we haven't made it back there. But I was going to meet up with Mateo in Buenos Aires when we went down. It just oh, hasn't panned out nice. yet. But do you like text? Are you social media pals? We're social media pals. I like his Instagram yeah. posts. Okay, that's cute. That's I like that. It's a wholesome story. Um, all right. Well, other than Mateo, do you have uh, two or three people that you've worked with before that you would love to work with again? Other Bo? than us? <laughs> Show. Um, so uh, I've got two people from Simplify, um, Chris and Mike, uh, who kind of headed up Demand Gen and were sort of my partners in crime. And it was, it was a fantastic place to work because it was just endless shit talking constantly all day between the three of us. And I had the keys to everything. Like there were no limits to like, if we had an idea, we could just deploy it or test it. Like there were, it was just absolute chaos, but it was, we had some sort of like alchemy that brought everything together where it was like the perfect team. We could all talk shit, you know, like Mike was technically my boss, but I could like wake up on Slack and feel like, what the fuck did you do to Marketo last night after he broke something? And he'd be like, well, what the fuck did you do? Like, so very good vibes. Um, Same culture as Emmy. Really fun. Same culture as (laughs) Emmy. But pink, Um, just pink. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Simplify. Simplify was red and black. So very aggressive cybersecurity colors. See? Red um, is a scary color. Anyway, especially and on a then uh, and a my most mall. recent team at Pendo. Um, so Ryan O'Shea and Carrie Chandler. Do you guys know Carrie? Yeah, I know Champion? Ryan too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a great team at Pendo. Uh, they were really fun to work with. Like I hadn't had a an actual mops team before. Um, I'd always just kind of been like the one man band. Uh, so yeah. it was nice to like actually bounce ideas off of people and, you know, have, have a group to Isn't work that on so stuff with. sad that like, I mean, for anyone else who's not in marketing operations that may or may, may be listening to this podcast to be like, oh, and then 
I had co-workers. <laughs> and then I had a team. Like, okay, the department of marketing is 52 people, but we have one marketing operations person. And then they let me out of the dark room. <laughs> and, they... and gave me a friend. <laughs> it's sad, but true. Um, anyway, sorry, Evan. Go sorry, ahead, sad, please. You know, that's actually what Evan and I were talking about right before you restarted your computer was how many people listen to this podcast that are not in marketing operations. And I have at least two friends who do not work in marketing operations that have listened to this podcast. And I was like, why? Why do you know? Is Why is this entertaining at all? But It's like, it's like banter with the listens. side of marketing ops. Yes, I agree. Yeah, My friend Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Nice. I know she religiously listens to this and she is a kindergarten teacher. And she said Aww. to me, like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but it is so funny to hear you laugh at each other. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have another friend. Okay, so first of all, my best friend, Kat. Hi, Kat. I love you. She listens to every episode, and I love that. I was so surprised when she told me. I didn't know that until, like, two weeks ago when she told me, and it was like, why would you do that to yourself? She said that she enjoys it. Uh, I have another friend um, who I don't think is a, a routine listener, but did listen to an episode or two and she said I had no idea what you guys were talking about but you were laughing a lot and that made it really fun and I like to listen to you laugh yeah there's something about like I say this about my husband too like I don't we do not have the same sense of humor like he can watch an entire stand-up and he's like laughing the whole time and I'm like I don't get it I don't get it but if he's has a weird sense of humor super weird and crass but like if he's laughing then I'm laughing at him. You know, there's there's something about laughing yeah. being just like contagious. The Venn diagram of like Nadia and I's senses of humor. Mine is like way off out here. Like Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, <laughs> like very saucy comedians. And hers is like tasteful cat videos. And it's quite <laughs> rare that like that Venn diagram crosses over. So that's like the things that, that that's I tried. That's why that legal video of the cat was like yeah. her Super Bowl video. Like that was yeah. peak for her. It's it's very rare to have crossover. Like the things that I send her on Instagram that I think are hilarious. Like I get no reaction. Like I can just see that it's been read. Evan, do you do you follow Theo Vaughn? Yes. <laughs> so he is the um. He's the comedian that we stole pervert from. That's okay. why I have the IPVs. Yes. Yeah. Because my husband yeah. is Theo obsessed Vaughn. with Theo Vaughn. And I, for, he's getting funnier to me. But for a long time, I, I, I saw him and did not laugh once. Like, And it's not that I'm like, I don't like him. I was just like, I'm not. This is not. The humor is not. It's, it's not, not getting there. Yeah. I mean, my husband was crying laughing. Like, he, like, seizes out when he listens to Theo Vaughn. Um but he just right after says it so much that like it came into our vocabulary. <laughs> just entered the zeitgeist. Right after I met Mikey, he had a, a several month streak of just regularly sending me Instagram posts from Doc the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> that, See, that, that is right up my alley. <laughs> like if like if someone was gonna ask me like what's your spirit animal? <laughs> Dog the bounty Dog hunter the bounty would hunter. probably be like top wow. three. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like easily. All right. Well, half this uh half these podcasts end up being like, okay, I'm going to interview people and see if they'll be good friends with my husband. 
<laughs> you'd be you'd be there. Hey, it's hard out here in these streets to make friends as adult males. It is. Yeah. It is so true. I wholeheartedly no, adult support males, that. Adult males don't know how to make friends. It's a struggle. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, it's there's too many emotionally stunted men out there that are not willing to be vulnerable and create a meaningful friendship. Go to therapy. Go to therapy, everyone. Go to therapy, Give Mike. Therapy. Go to therapy, Mike. Go to therapy, Mike. Therapy, Mike. That's my Mike doesn't listen to the podcast, so he'll never get this message. Yeah. Mike, go go to therapy. Um, all right, that's great. Okay, very sweet. Maybe Mikey and Evan will be friends. Who knows? Uh, Mikey will have to listen to this episode of the podcast in order to get this message. Yep. So we'll see. All right, Evan. Uh, last two segments we have for you here. Um, as a VIPV, I'm sure you are familiar with them by now, but something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read, lay it on me. Whew. Um, something I want, uh, I want a new hat, um, for the summer. I need, like, as you can see, um, I'm hair deficient up here. What? So, I have quite a collection of hats. You have the opposite of a neck beard. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's it's a grim thing when, like, everything up here just migrates down to, like, your shoulders Mm -hmm. and back, which happens, uh, unfortunately, to men. Um, That's also a hard thing we go through in middle age. It's a good thing to talk Um, to a therapist about, you know. Oh, that's, we cover that for sure. (laughs) Done. Okay, great. Um, But I have started, like, you know, baseball caps are one thing, but, you know, I still get my little ears burnt. So I am getting into sort of my, like, farmer hat phase. Um, and so I uh, I will definitely admit that I have spent more time than is healthy, like, trying to find, like, the best quality straw hat, which is, like, you buy it off of a rack at, like, waves, right? Like, you don't <laughs> actually, like look into you know what you should wait a get, minute we don't have my... waves but waves is that the like bg oh, or wings, wings. wings yeah like wings like the... wings waves eagles this is where they Myrtle sell Beach. i was gonna you say can, this like... is where they sell the hats but also hermit crabs right yes, yes exactly yeah yeah they sell literally everything and i'm convinced that it, they're just fronts to launder money because it makes oh no my god evan i have said the same thing so many times <laughs> they're like there's selling no t-shirts for a dollar 99 this is definitely just a front for yeah. money laundering and there's like five of them in a in a square mile it makes no sense yes. they're laundering yes. money and hermit crabs absolutely absolutely yeah, for sure Maybe you just have to live in north carolina to really appreciate the money laundering um so yeah i really i really want like a big like ridiculous hat I have seen one on Amazon that has like a three foot diameter that I really want to take to the YMCA pool. So that's, that's on the agenda. And then you don't even have to put sunscreen on your kids. You could just keep them under your umbrella. Yeah. Under your hat umbrella. Right underneath. Um, <laughs> let's see. What are, what are the other the ones? I hen. want. Um, something you want, something you need. I think the hat is almost something you need. Yeah. That's, that's um, I do need, um, on that note, I do need like a sunscreen product that doesn't go on like spackle because oh, I have the werewolf gene. Evan. And so it's so frustrating to be turned like I get like dreadlocks all over me yeah. because of sunscreen. So I want that's what okay. I want. I want like smooth, easygoing sunscreen. I have a recommendation. How much money is it going to cost for him to put unseen sunscreen all over his head? 
Okay, it's not Unseen Sunscreen, although it is a dupe for Unseen Sunscreen. Oh. Unseen Sunscreen is a product made by Supergoop, and it's wonderful, but it is expensive. It's like $36 for like a four-ounce tube of sunscreen. But is Supergoop associated with Gwyneth Paltrow? Is that the same goop I'm thinking of? No, this it is, is a, not the okay. same goop. Because I don't want to support goop. that crazy. I agree, and I had the same question for a long time, which is why it took me so long to buy Supergoop products, okay. but I now know it is not affiliated with Gwyneth Paltrow, and I'm a big fan. But Trader Joe's in the summer sells a facial sunscreen for seven dollars that is a dupe for super goop unseen sunscreen it is the same it is excellent it is not okay. sticky it is not greasy it's, like, it's what i put on my kids it's, it's like what butter. i put on myself it's what i put on my husband it's the best all right seven dollar dupe seven dollar goop dupe it is that. super dupe trader joe's like everyday facial sunscreen but it's not white it's like clear but it's still a lotion. And then as soon as you rub it on, it's, it's like kind of dry. like a, it's kind of like Vaseline, but it doesn't stay goopy. Yeah, but it's not sticky. Yeah. That's not a good selling point. Vaseline is. It's, it's like Vaseline cool. in the, in the color, okay. but not in the consistency. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to go today. Yeah. Great. Only a couple minutes away. Let's see if I have any other Trader Joe's recommendations for you while you're here. Um, <laughs> it sounds like if you're close to Trader Joe's, you go often. Oh yeah, that's that's Nadia's yeah. like absolute favorite place in the world. Okay, great. Place. Well, then I will not insult you by making recommendations you've probably already heard. Okay, something about something you need something to wear other than your three foot brim hat. Um, get a rash guard. Uh, you need a, you need a good rash guard at the beach. We're about Bro, to go. you are I'm, like, I'm, I'm like in beach planning mode. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah, yeah. for mode. your sun issues. Um, Yes. No, I I come from a long line of like northern European cave dwellers, and luckily, <laughs> my wife is Iranian, so my kids did get some Persian influence, bounce. and they actually tan. Good. Which was Good. my one wish with my children was that they would get Nadia's skin. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, they look like absolute clones of me, just with much better <laughs> skin. So. Uh, <laughs> Love but yes, we are planning a beach trip. So a lot of this is talking. All right. So what are you going to be reading mm -hmm. on the beach when you are just absolutely covered in sunscreen rash guards? You're going to have a snowsuit on. I can see it. <laughs> also, what exactly. beach are you going to? Uh, Carolina Beach. Carolina Beach. Nice. Good one. Yeah. So we're going with some okay. friends for the second time this year. But I will be reading uh, Ikigai. Have you heard this no, term? You probably heard this term. No. This is seems that a like term right for up guys yourself. that don't go to therapy? Um, I mean, it, it's, well, it, you could relate it to therapy probably, but it's, it's a Japanese concept of, um, like if you look it up, you'll see the diagram, but it's a book about kind of finding a combination of what makes you happy, what gives you purpose, um, what, you know, like finding all of the things that let you lead a balanced life, sort of like it's oh. finding the perfect thing, which is like your ikigai of what makes you happy. And I've been on this kick having uh, recently been laid off and like restructuring my life, yeah, kind of figuring out what is my perfect day look like? What is my like, you know, goals I want to pursue. So it's good reading for, uh, well, you know, I mean, I in mean, a perfect world, I would get to read, but that's not really going to happen. Yeah. It's not really how vacations with kids work. Um, it's a, it's interesting to bring this up because Lauren and I were talking about this recently when you and I originally talked about you wanting to start freelancing, 
you were interested in moonlighting. So it was a while ago. It was like not, you wanted to be a freelancer before you got laid off is my point. Um, and uh, we can delete that if you want is, to her to delete it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, I, I still get beers with my manager. He knows exactly what's up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hey, think that that was like a secret thing for you. Yeah. Um, I, but anyway, the reason that you cited for being interested in freelancing was that you wanted more time with your kids, which is wonderful. And a reason that we traditionally hear from women that they are interested in freelancing. And you, for us, was, were one of the first dads that expressed that. And it has happened several more times since then uh, of like what we are seeing as a wave of men who are a stepping up and being equal parents the way they always should have been uh and b like thinking about their family and parenting goals as primary over work which is kind of the opposite of the traditional gender roles that we've seen for so long so anyway i just want to say that because i think it's wonderful uh and that's it and you may or may not see like a post from us about it and now that she yeah, said we it out loud. Yeah, we a blog post and then we got a little distracted. I mean, if like the number, I, I will get on my soapbox here real quick. There is Please. a system called Fair Play. Yes, my husband is, read this book too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get the cards, like you dole out the cards. Like we have, we have meetings like on a weekly basis to split up tasks. Like it's, I, I've worked really hard on that. Um, and uh, I think... I think there is a brief window where you're your kid's favorite person on earth. And I don't want to miss that window because then they're going to be teenagers and they're going to like, they're going to have threat, like they're going to want to be away. And so that's what I was like. That was the lens was you get a brief window. I don't want to maximize like being at work or making the most money during that window. There's always more time. I want to maximize time with my family and kids. And that was, that's what we talked about. And that's, you know, it was kind of yeah. perfect that Penda was like, there's a big kick in the ass <laughs> oh, from the universe for kids? you to, uh, for you to yeah. go do that. Yeah, no, I loved it. I mean, I, after you and I had that meeting, I was like, Evan's perfect for Emmy. This is exactly, this is exactly <laughs> what we do. It's exactly what so many of us are. That's why so many of us are in yeah. this. Uh, and it's also why so many of us are women. <laughs> Not, it's not that everyone's a parent. It's not that, like it's specifically around that type of goal, but having the flexibility to prioritize something else right. other than. Well, know, and I think like many of us too, like dinner, there were times over, you know, the pandemic, especially where you start yeah, to rethink all flexible. of this. Right. And you yeah. also had to be flexible. Like I literally quit my job to homeschool my kids. Cause like their schedules were too messed up that I couldn't otherwise like support our family. Um, so sometimes it's like, oh, you have to, or you want to, but I think every, you know, after, after COVID, we're all kind of evaluating, like, what are we doing here? We're all going to die eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only, you only have to look at like the calendar of like either your manager or like a skip level to see whether or not you actually want to be about that life. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely not. And um, that was not for me. All right. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I feel like I have two minds about this. One is like, I think this is so wonderful. And the other is like, well, I don't want to give men too much credit for doing something women have been doing for years. <laughs> so I also would like to make that disclaimer. 
Um, but anyway, Evan. Not I, you specifically, um, Evan. Just like specifically, but more fifty percent of the population generally. Yeah. Yeah. More like the yeah, patriarchy, not nose. less. Not so much the actual men themselves. Well, sometimes, yeah. but not you. Sometimes. All right, Lauren. PFB on the streets. Yeah, I know we have like one out. two seconds, so I'm gonna go. I've got three for you here. Uh, hermit crabs. <laughs> no, they stink. He's got mixed feelings. He like really took a minute. He's like, I love them, I hate them. Wait, what? They stink. I mean, they're really, they're really cool. Like they build little houses out of you know, like driftwood and stuff and shells and, but they also like they. I just remember like trying to take them home with me as a kid and they die like immediately, immediately. and they do not smell yeah. good. No, you're right. They smell kind of, well, like, <laughs> like, as, like a like crap, like a crap, <laughs> like, a de- like a dead crap. Like, my, rot- uh, like rotten crap. Like, yes. My brother, my brother got a hermit crab at the beach one year and then promptly lost it in our house and found it in the toy box a while later. <laughs> We got a hermit crab and my brother wanted to give it a bath and he gave it a bath in very hot water. (laughs) Steamed crab. And it promptly lost its main claw picture and then died shortly after. Couldn't feed itself. Oh Oh, no. There were like crab parts like floating and and he was like, help, help. I didn't know we were going to have so much crab trauma to unload there. I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, don't boil your crab if you want it to live. Yes, all right, all right. Here we go, uh, Evan. Edison bulbs. Oh, fuck Edison bulbs! <laughs> all this contrived, all this contrived like atmosphere. That's this is a big thing for me because my mom absolutely insists on sticking with like she like hoards CFLs. Yes, like, I was old going to say incandescent, but bulbs. I decided to go with a. Uh, you know, at least incandescents like they look nice. CFLs are always. The, like the twist like the twisty kind yeah so they, me, if, they you're look not, like if you're not familiar with um, all kinds of home into office space yeah it's not great this is a this is a this is a big thing yeah so listen incandescents live like one year and incandescents i don't know if they're outlawed now but they were for a while but then trump was like no we're not done with the incandescents all you factories need to go back to making bad bad bulbs and then CFLs came yeah. along, and they're supposed to last like seven to eight years, but the lighting is terrible. And then now there's LEDs, and they're trying to make them better. Hmm. But Edison yeah. bulbs are typically it's, it's right. about well, as a, dumb of a debate a... as a gas stove. Yes. Gas stove debate. Oh. What's that? All right. Well, this was a fun little detour into household appliances and lighting. Uh, and I, I do... think that that's all we have time for. <laughs> Sorry, I should have started with the business one, but you know what? I'll save it for the next guest. Thank you, Evan, for hanging with <laughs> us. Have fun. Thank you, Evan. So wonderful to have you. You're the best. See you out there, little team. podcast. What is it? Good luck out there, little podcast. Good luck out there. Bye. Like and subscribe, share, tell everyone.